0: I want to go ahead and encourage you to turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 through 12 is what we're going to read this morning and if you would please stand with me and here's what we're going to do this morning something a little different I'm going to have us read together our text and here's why as you can tell we've been in this text now for two weeks Uh, we're going to probably be in it well this week and then one more week And, and here's my hope that we read this prayer, that you can memorize this prayer, that this prayer can be a part of your life, that you can pray this for your kids, for your spouses, for your family members, for your church, the people that you're sitting right next to, Uh, If you are one who struggles with prayer, there's nothing better than to learn and pray the prayers in God's word. Amen. And and so we're going to just read this together uh, and and then we're going to go before the Lord and just ask him to bless our time. So Colossians chapter one, verses nine through 12. I think they'll come up here on the screen. Wait a minute. I'm in control of that. Sorry. Here we go. I forgot. Let's read together. for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Pray with me. Father, we, we read this prayer, we pray this prayer, that even this morning you would, you would be faithful to hear us ask you to fill us with the knowledge of your will. And all spiritual wisdom and understanding that we might, right here in this space, as your people in this time, this day, in this age, walk in a manner that is pleasing, that is worthy of you, that's pleasing to you, that we might increase in our knowledge of who you are, Lord. This is our heart. This is our prayer. And we know, as we're going to talk about today, we can't do that on our own. And so, Lord, please strengthen us with your power, with all power according to your glorious might, that we might endure, that we might be patient with joy. Father, that you might give us the hope and and remind us of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus this morning, that we might be open to hear what your Spirit has for us. And so, Lord, I I pray these things. Lord, I need you this morning to speak through me. Uh, We need you to open our eyes, our hearts, and our ears to hear you this morning. And So, Father, we ask that you would do so. In your name we pray. Amen. You may go ahead and have a seat. So. Over the past couple weeks we've been talking a lot about this particular text. We've talked about um, Paul praying and why that's an important thing for us to step into. We've talked about how our desire is to grow in the knowledge of God's will and ultimately so that we can walk in a way that's pleasing to the Lord, that we can grow in the knowledge of God. And this week we now come into this topic which is asking, as Paul is asking, for the people of Colossae to be strengthened with all power. Not, Not some power, but all power. Now just think about that. Who doesn't want to be strengthened with all power? I don't know uh, if you've ever been one of those people that's just thought or fantasized or imagined what it would be like to be, have some grandiose power in our house that takes the form of asking lots of questions about like, hey, if you could have any superpower, what would that be? Like our kids are asking that question all the time. I love that discussion. And my answer is always teleportation because I want to be able to go to the beach whenever I want, right? So we have this idea. Now, you may not think about superpowers. You may think about, I mean, you've fantasized about having the power to stand up against somebody who is abusing you or hurting your feelings or bullying you. Or maybe you've thought about, man, if I just could have the power to gain anything I wanted or to make as much money as I could make and and to get anything that I my heart's desire, like, You may have thought about it in a lot of different ways, but the idea of power is one that's intoxicating for sure. Like power is something many, many people want and they desire. Here though, in Colossians, Paul is writing to a maturing church in a pagan culture. And he prays that they would be strengthened with all dunamis. that's the word that's used there. It's the word we get dynamite from. Like this is that's a powerful idea, pun intended. Right? Like this is a powerful idea for us as the church, for the people there in Colise to be strengthened with all power. And so I want to look at this idea and this topic and this issue for us really through the lens of three questions this morning. One, why do we need this power? Why do we need it? Second, what is this power for? And thirdly, how do we get this power? So i are going to jump right into it. Why do we need power? And this is really important because if we don't get the answer to this question right, we might try to misuse power or we might have the wrong expectations of what kind of power we're actually looking for. I'm not an energy expert, I don't know a lot about it, but I do know there's a lot of different forms of power, especially in terms of just fuel. There's solar power and petroleum and there's wind power and all kinds of different things, electrical and gas, and each one of those has its particular uses and things are designed to function with certain kinds of power. And if you use the wrong one for the wrong purpose, it can be completely disastrous. So for example, and I've never tried this, but if you're at a campfire or at a campground and you want to build a fire, gasoline's not the right tool to use to get it going. And if you have, you know why that can be really dangerous. That's a horrible idea because if you don't understand what it's for and you're trying to use it for the wrong thing, that can be a problem. You plug your phone in to the wrong kind of power and it's going to blow your phone. This is a really, really important question for us to be mindful of. So here's the thing. Why do we as Christians need power so much so that Paul is praying for us? Well, Paul tells us in verse 11, he wants us to be strengthened. I want you to highlight that, circle it, whatever you can if you've got your Bibles. But Paul is praying that we would be strengthened with all power. We need power because we need strength. In other words, we need power because we are weak. That's hard to admit, isn't it? Like, that is Like a hard thing for us to admit that we're weak, that we need help. Like That's definitely not something you lead off with when you're talking about your qualifications on a job interview. Number one, I'm weak. Like Especially as Americans, this is an idea that we don't like at all. But remember what we were called to, which we talked about a couple weeks ago in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Remember our call to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Do you want to walk in a manner worthy of him? I hope so. I hope that everybody in this room knows Jesus, and I hope that everybody in this room has been captivated by His call upon their life, and that we all want to please our King. Here's my question: Can you do that in your own strength? Can you and I walk in our own strength in a way that is pleasing to Him? Can you can you find enough strength within yourself to quit doing that sin? I don't know what that sin is for you. I've got that sin. You've got that sin. You've got something in your life that you struggle with. Do you have enough strength in your flesh to defeat that sin? Can you find enough strength in your heart to proclaim the good news to that person? I don't know who that person is for you, but we've all met that person, somebody that's really hard for us to want to proclaim Jesus to because we're scared or because we're afraid of getting rejected or they seem intimidating. Do you have enough strength in you to do that? This is one that I always just, it just humbles me. Do you have enough strength to love the way he loves? In myself, I don't have the strength in me to do that. I'm weak, I can't do these things, and so I don't have the ability, we don't have the ability to walk in a way that's pleasing to God. You know what you and I do have the strength to do? You and I do have the strength in ourselves to walk in a manner worthy of the wrath of God, fully pleasing to us. Now, I'm going to put it up on the screen because I don't want you to miss this. You and I do have the strength in ourselves to walk in a manner worthy, only worthy of the wrath of God. This is the wages of sin is death. This is what we have the ability in us. And, And the only people we can please in that is ourselves. This is our nature. This is who we are. We're weak. We need strength because we're weak. We need strength because we walk in the flesh. Romans chapter 7, Paul communicates it this way. He thinks of it as the divided man. And if you read Romans chapter 7, you hear Paul say this, why? Why do I do the things I don't want to do? And why do I, can I not do the things that I do want to do? And he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. Listen, if you have been a believer for very long, you have felt that tension, haven't you? This tension in you, where there's something in you, we'll call it the spirit of God that wants to obey the Lord, to walk in a pleasing way, but there's this other thing going on. It's your nature and your flesh and it's constantly driving you to to do what you want to do, what the sin in you wants to do. This is just a battle that we fight. I feel this every day. I think most of us feel this every day. I desire to obey and please God, but the reality is there is a war going on within me between my flesh and the spirit. No matter how much I fight, no matter how much you fight, It feels like you're trying to put out a raging fire with a squirt gun. Even worse, if you're trying to kill the flesh with the flesh, you're really trying to put out a fire with a squirt gun full of gasoline. That's what it is. So if you're trying to do that, if you're trying to kill the flesh with the flesh, you're fighting a battle you will never be able to win. It is an impossible task. In Galatians, Paul gives us the right tool because we, this isn't a hopeless fight. Look what Paul says. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So here, here, look at this text. How do we not gratify the desires of the flesh? Does he say, but I say to you, go to church more and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh? Does he say, hey, get smarter and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh? Does he say, hey, don't do this or don't do that? Or, or he does he? No, that's not what he says. He says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Only the Spirit can fight against the flesh that we all carry. Only the Spirit can help us. We need the Spirit to lead us, we have to have the Spirit to help us in this process. That's why we need the very power that Paul is praying for, for the people in Colossae. But next, we need hope. Why do we need power? We're weak, we walk in the flesh, we need hope. Look at Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Are you walking in faint-heartedness? Are you discouraged? Are you tired? And maybe it's not just a sin that you're fighting. Maybe it's just you feel like you're in a desert place. Maybe you just feel faint-hearted in this whole walk of faith. You just feel weak, brother and sister. I want us to catch this this morning, and I want you to hear this this morning. You are weak and that's not meant to discourage us because you will never be strong enough and that's okay because he never asked you to be like that should give us hope doesn't it like if i have to be good enough on my own if i have to be the kind of christian that he wants me to be on my own it feels hopeless hopeless And I know there's a lot of people in this room that feel that discouragement in their life as they fight that tension between the spirit and the flesh. And listen, you don't have to be strong enough on your own. He's never asked you to be strong enough on your own. Our hope isn't in our ability to be strong enough. Your flesh can only do one thing, remember? Sin. That's all it's good for. It's always going to fall back to that. Our hope is that Jesus isn't asking you to do anything in the flesh. In fact, the beauty of the gospel is one day he will give us a new flesh. And the war will be over. He has defeated our flesh. He has made a way so that we don't have to. And what's beautiful about this is he relishes in this we sang about it this morning but second corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of christ might rest in me acknowledging we're weak is a great place to start but i want you to read this text with yourself In this text, my grace is sufficient for Darren. My power is made perfect in Darren's weaknesses. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can rest in me. That is a freeing thing. Mark, his grace is sufficient for you. Marty, his grace is sufficient for you. Pat, his grace is sufficient for you. Jill, his grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in your weakness, not yours. Don't miss the encouragement. This is our hope. This is the only hope we have. This isn't a license to sin. No, no, it's, it's a redirection of our effort. Our effort is to walk by the Spirit, not to stop walking by the flesh. There's a big difference between those two things. Because if my goal is to just try to stop walking by the flesh, I'm going to be walking by the flesh. I need to learn to walk by the Spirit. This is why we need the power that Paul is praying for, because we're weak, because we walk in the flesh, because we need a hope that doesn't rest in ourselves. But it leads us to the next question, which is, what is this power for? What is it for? Let's go back to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for, circle that, all endurance and patience and joy you see the word for there that's a really important word because oftentimes when we think about power we think of it that we think that it should read differently so for example this would sound a little easier to our ears if we read it something like be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for victory for conquering for a better life for more wealth, for more health, for safety, for comfort. Give me power so that I can gain all of these things. Uh, that's not the kind of power that Paul's praying for. He's not saying, for all power according to his glorious might, for signs and wonders, for... On, I mean, I could go on and on. He says, for endurance, patience with joy. And listen, I don't want you to mishear me. I'm not saying that the Spirit of God doesn't do some of those things in our lives. He does and has the ability to work in us in mighty ways. He does have the ability to, to do miraculous things through his people, but Paul isn't praying for that kind of power. This goes back to the question of what is it for and why are we actually praying for this? First and foremost, he's asking for the power to endure. Why does a person need endurance? Because something's hard. Because to walk in a way that pleases God isn't easy. It's hard. It's challenging. It's a, it, 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 the scripture uses words like a race. You've got to throw off hindrances to run this race. There are, all, there are going to be all kinds of pressures from both inside of you and outside of you, trying to get you to give up on the race, to trying to say, just quit the run, just go back to the way you've always done it. I'm not a runner. You've heard me say that before, but for those of you who are, you know that in those long distance runs, those 13 mile runs, you need endurance, because it's easy to run 13 miles. That was sarcasm. Some of you are like, yeah, it is easy to run 13 miles. And well, that's why I have a big zero on the back of my car, because I've never done that. No, but you know you need that endurance because you've got stuff from all ki- coming at you from all kinds of directions. Like you've got your own internal, internal tiredness you get thirsty, you're hot, you've got the, the road that you're running upon, and maybe you've, you've turned that corner and you've seen that you're about to run up a hill on like mile 12, right? And you're like, I can't, this is, I can't do this. I, I need endurance in this. Why, why am I doing this? I should stop. I say that mile one. Some of you are with me on that. We need strength to endure because it's hard. Isn't church anybody believing that to follow Christ guarantees ease was sold a false bill of goods that is not in the Bible. Now, it does guarantee a prize. A prize at the end. It does guarantee a pearl of great price. It does guarantee eternity. And it does guarantee that our king will have the victory and we do have an inheritance. But for here, for now, you know what Jesus promises? He says that while we're in the world, we're going to have trial and we're going to have tribulation because running a race and walking the walk that pleases God is hard. Like It's hard. The prize is worth it, but it's hard. And, I, and I'm not saying we shouldn't ask God to remove obstacles. I'm not praying that we shouldn't ask God to, to, to help us on that path. What I'm telling you is that he won't always do so. And that in the midst of that, it's not to shake our fists and go, God, why aren't you doing this? It's to then pray that he would grant us endurance in the fight and endurance in the race that we can keep running. So we can keep going, so we can get to our prize. If the Christian life is easy for your flesh, it likely isn't pleasing to him. If the Christian life that you are walking is easy for your flesh to walk, it's not pleasing to him. Because remember what Galatians said, the flesh and the spirit are opposed to one another. We need to remember this. So this power is for endurance, but this power is also for patience. Why do we need patience? Because it's not as fast as we want it to be, is it? In fact, the whole concept of faith kind of requires time. Like, that's the point. Like, I believe it's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. I, I'm so convinced that it's true, but yet I haven't seen that to come to pass. Like, faith requires time, and walking the Christian faith in life is difficult, and we need patience. I cannot tell you how many times in my life I have cried, along with the psalmist, How long, O oh Lord? Has anybody else been there and felt that? Like, how long, O oh Lord? How long am I going to fight the sin that just pesters me and nags all the time? How long, O oh Lord, am I going to deal with the pains and the aches of my body and my back and my stomach and all the challenges that I walk with? Some of you may be dealing with chronic disease now. Like, how long, O oh Lord? How long is my daughter going to have to struggle to see? How long? Are people going to be hateful and untrusting and unfaithful in my life? And how long am I going to see the wickedness of this world without you stepping in and taking care of it? Like, how long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? We need patience. There are many things we long for. Removal of death, sickness, pain, suffering, flesh, evil. But God is not slow as he counts slow. He's going to do those things in his time, requiring that we as his people, as we walk this life, we need to endure and we need to be patient and trust that He will do it. He will carry it out. So in your struggle right now, if you start to feel like giving up, be patient for the Lord. He is not done. He is not through with you. Be patient. Things can feel like they're never gonna change both inside of us and in the world. Man, I see that every day as I watch the news. Church, pray to be strengthened in all power for endurance and patience and do it with joy. Jesus wants us to endure patiently with joy and this is absolutely difficult for us to do. But here's what I would encourage you to do and this is where I think the joy comes is we need to keep our eyes open for the little things that God is doing. To remind ourselves and to see that God is still moving, even while we wait, even while we endure, even while we're in the process of of just kind of longing for the Lord to go. We need to continue to encourage one another and say, hey, did you see God do this? Oh, wow, did you see God do that? Keep our eyes open open to the movement of the spirit of God and the work of the Lord and the fruit that he's bearing so that we can continue to have joy in the fact that he is not asleep and he is not dead. He is alive and he is active and he is working and he is moving and he will complete what he began. Amen? This is our joy. So pray for the power of not only endurance and patience, but of joy. And I would just challenge you in the midst of those moments where you're struggling to look very specifically and take note, maybe write it down, of the little evidences of God's power, of his presence, his strength, so that your joy might be full. So here's the thing. We've talked about why we need power, and we've talked about what that power is for. Now I want to ask this question, how do we attain it? How do we get him? And I said that on purpose because the power is a him. This is not an abstract thing. The power is the very spirit of God that has been promised to us to be our helper. One commentary says this, the Holy Spirit gives a person the effectiveness for God's will and God's work to be done through him. In fact, not only is the power of God uh, his spirit, but remember what Colossians says, that it's in accordance with his glorious might. That's a lot of power. We see in Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus is about to go to heaven and he tells his disciples, go wait until the power from on high comes upon you. Then you go, which reminds us, how do we get him? First, we realize that he is, that the spirit of God is given to us. It is not something we earn. He is not somebody we earn. You don't earn him. You can't make him come. You cannot manipulate the very spirit of God. He is given to you and to me the very moment that we believe upon Jesus. Jesus makes this clear. John chapter 14, verse 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you for I love that it's encouraging that he doesn't say I will give to you another helper to be with you as long as you're good enough or as long as you don't mess up too much or as long as you do everything I ask you to do or as long as you give X number of dollars away to the church or as long as whatever it means no no he says I will give to you a helper to be with you forever that is the spirit of power he doesn't say sometimes. He doesn't say you'll never know whether I'm there or not. He will always be there. Scripture's clear from Galatians. Now, while he is there, of course, if you are seeing, or setting your mind upon earthly things and doing things that are contrary to him, then you may not experience him in your life because that's opposed to him, but it doesn't mean he's left you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 warns us not to quench the spirit. Again, by giving way to the world and living in accordance with our flesh, as, uh, as Paul says, offering our members of our body up to sin. And so I, I want to press us here just a minute. If you do not feel his strengthening power, if you do not desire to love God, If you do not desire to know God more, if you do not desire to repent, if you have no desire to fight against the flesh that you currently walk in, if you have no desire to obey the will of God, if you have no desire to walk in a way pleasing to Him, if you feel no conviction when you read His Word, if the fruit of the Spirit is not growing in you, you have to ask this question Are you even saved? Have you quenched the spirit? Was he ever there in the first place? If you are okay with this kind of life, if you just wanna live in your sin, you should be very careful to consider yourself safe from the wrath of God. I know this can generate a lot of questions in us. And that may be good to ask. my, My goal in saying that is not to make anybody doubt and so if that's you and you just go, man, like I don't know if the work of the Spirit is in me and that this is stuff is happening in me and, and I want to talk to somebody like I'm here right after the service. Our pastors and our elders are here right after the service to walk you through that. The intent is not to bring fear, but the truth of the matter is the Scripture says the Spirit will bear witness to God's work in us. And he bears that witness in us by doing things that we in and of ourself and flesh can't make happen. And if that's void in your life, Then out of love for you, I say, be wary, be wary. And we want to talk to you about that. But here's the thing. If godly desires are there and you just feel weak and you need patience and endurance, you need joy and you're just struggling. If you aren't walking in his power, then here's another way that we can gain him. It's given to us which means the next thing that we should do is pray. Pray. What better thing can you do than to pray? Just give you some very specific things to pray for. Pray for conviction. Pray that the Spirit of God would convict you of sin. If you know there's sin in your life and you just don't really feel the conviction of the Spirit in you in that, pray that He would convict you of that sin. Pray that he would also, sorry, bring revelation. That he would reveal sin that you don't know is there. That he would examine your own heart. And that he would show you areas in which you're not walking ways that are pleasing to him. Pray for strength. God, help me walk in this. You've convicted me of this sin. I can't do it on my own, so give me strength, Lord. Like, please help me. Pray that God would fill you with the Spirit. Luke chapter 11, Jesus says this. He says, if ungodly, and I'm paraphrasing, but he says, if ungodly parents know how to good gifts, then how much more does your father know how to good gifts, give good gifts to you? So ask, and he will give to you his Holy Spirit. Listen, brothers and sisters, if you don't feel like he's working in you, pray. Pray. Don't stop asking the Father. Give me your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Please, Lord. Pray that God would fill you with the Spirit. Don't just just give up. Next, pray for a soft heart to hear His voice. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. Pray that He would soften your heart, that your heart wouldn't be hardened to His voice, that you would hear Him. Pray for a soft heart to obey. It's not good enough to just hear His voice. We need to have a soft enough heart to want to obey that voice. So these are specific things that if you want to engage in and and gain the power that he's offered to us in the helper, pray these things. And this isn't an exhaustive list, but it's a way to get us into this space. Lastly, if you want to feel and engage and experience the power that God is offering to us through his spirit, we need to simply walk. I think sometimes the problem isn't that the spirit isn't there or that God isn't faithful It's that we want the promise before we take steps of faith. Let me illustrate. Uh, You guys, at least several of you know, that a few months ago, um, Pastor Wee and Donald um, had an opportunity. Donald Jackson had an opportunity to go to to Washington, D.C. for a conference. And we had a few extra hours, and we were like, ooh, let's go to the National Mall and let's see some of the um, sites. But we knew we couldn't get to all those sites because it's like three miles between the Lincoln Memorial and the Capitol building. And so we're like, you know what? Let's rent some scooters, right? And so mental image, me and we and Donald (laughs) scooting through DC, right? Yes, that really happened. And yes, Donald and we really struggled to get their scooters working. They said it wasn't user error. I just know I spent a lot of time circling around them while they're trying to fiddle with those things, right? (laughs) Nonetheless, he's over here laughing. You go ask him. He says it was their fault. Anyway, I know this has nothing to do with this story, but here's my point. If you've ever used one of those scooters, all right, and when you get on that scooter and you're in there ready to go, you hit the accelerator button, what happens? Nothing. Nothing. Is the power there? The power's there. It's right there in the battery. Like there's the, the battery says it's charged. We finally got the thing to be rented right and he took his credit card. And it's like, what's going on? Like, I, the power is there. Why won't it go when I hit the accelerator button? Well, if you've ever been on one of those scooters, you know that you have to kick off to get it going, right? Like, You kick off the scooter and then you hit accelerate. Man, that thing just takes off. I was way ahead of them the whole time. They had slow scooters. But this is my point. Like, the power was there. The power was there. But you, you got to kind of get it going to, to, like, start to feel that power working through that scooter. Like, you can't just sit there and wait. And so many Christians, and I've been tempted of this myself, we sit there and go, okay, I want you, Spirit of God, to work through me. I want you to do some mighty things through me, and I'm just going to wait until you show me that you're actually going to do it. It's not how it works. So, if you want the strength to proclaim Jesus to somebody that's hard for you to want to proclaim Jesus to, you know what? It's never going to happen? Is you're never going to be just sitting there, okay, Spirit, please give me words. Please give me words. Please give me words. You're never going to know whether he gave you words or not unless you actually say something. Now, if you begin to step into that, then the Spirit of God can work and move in mighty ways. But he doesn't say, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and give you in your mind this list of words to say, then step out in faith. No, we step out in faith. Then the power of God comes. Then the power of God comes. So listen, maybe you're here in this space and you're thinking through a lot of different things. You want. I wanna experience His power to keep fighting and I wanna find victory over his sin, my sin Start to walk as if you're walking in victory. And here's what I mean by that. How about you confess your sin? How about you confess it? How about you lay down the worldly things you're walking in and say, okay, God, I'm I'm not gonna do the worldly things and I'm gonna ask for you to strengthen me and convict me and give me your spirit to give me power to defeat this sin in my life. You can't just pray, oh, spirit of God, please help me with this sin of covetousness while you spend five hours on Amazon every day. Do you see how that's gonna be opposed to each other? So maybe you need to lay Amazon down Pray that the Spirit would give you power to not want to go back. See, walking is so important for us as the people of God to to see the Spirit move. We don't just sit there and wait. Again, you want to pray that the Lord would give you power to speak the gospel? Speak. Trust the Spirit to move. You don't feel like you or you feel like you need his strength to step into something that's beyond yourself, like teaching, serving within the classroom here, going on a mission trips, becoming a mentor, joining a gospel life class, adopting a child, step in, start stepping in and then see the Lord give you the strength that he needs. I always laugh at parents, sorry if one of you have said this to me, but I always laugh at parents to say, we're waiting until we're ready to have kids. Ha! Never going to happen. Right? Like Anybody who's had kids, you know it's never going to happen. But when God gives you those kids, he gives you the strength to minister in love and to care and disciple for each one of them by God's grace. Now you don't wait. So this is, this is the important thing. We understand that the Spirit of God has given to us. We we pray that God would fill us with the Spirit and that he would work through us. And then, church, we walk in faithfulness and watch the Spirit of God move. I think this is just such an important thing because if you feel like you could never do this or you could never do that or you could never do these things, that's a great place for you to step in and watch the Spirit work through you. Because guess who gets the glory then? Guess who gets the glory? Not you. God does. And he loves to get the glory by working through weak and broken vessels. He loves it. And so I just want to encourage you in this space this morning to be mindful of that and to think about what it is when we pray to be strengthened in power in accordance with with all of his glorious might for endurance and patience With joy, what we're praying for. And I want to challenge you to respond this morning in one of three ways. One, will you consistently pray for the Spirit to give you power, to strengthen you? That list of things I gave you, plus many more. But will you consistently ask the Spirit of God to convict you of sin, to reveal God to you, to open up your heart? Second, what areas are you not kicking off on that scooter of faith, In other words, what areas are you sitting there waiting for God to prove himself before you step out in faith? And then jump. Don't be foolish, be wise. when God calls us to that, right? But but then jump. So what areas have you resisted or what areas are you waiting for? And then thirdly, is the Spirit of God in you at all? Is he bearing witness to your heart? I pray that every single person in this room he's doing that, but I know better. Is he bearing witness in your heart? If there is doubt in you today, do not leave this space. Let us pray with you. Let us pray over you. Because we want you to find what many of us have found in Christ Jesus. We want you to find that you no longer have to fear the wrath of God, but you can experience the joy everlasting. As we'll talk about it in a few weeks, that we have been qualified to join in the inheritance of the saints. That is a beautiful sermon. You've got to come back for that. I want you to pray with me. Father, this morning I want to pray. Uh, I want to pray specifically that your spirit would move. Father, I want to pray for those that feel faint-hearted this morning, that they would simply just commit to more consistently praying for the the power of your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you would answer those prayers. You would hear them. Father, I want to pray for those people that are in this space that, that know that they're hesitant to move. They want you to prove, or they want you to show yourself before they move and before they step out. I pray, Lord, that you would just give them a boldness and that as they step out in faith, show yourself to be mighty. Show yourself to be faithful. Show yourself to be good and for them. I pray, Lord, that you would give just boldness and faith for all of those, and, and including myself, for doubt when we have it. Father, I want to pray in this morning for those that are in this space who don't know you. Lord, I pray that your spirit would not allow people who don't know you think that they do, but your spirit would convict and open up eyes that they might find salvation, that they might hear the voice of their Savior calling, come, come, come to me. I pray this Lord. Take just a couple of moments to to ponder how you will respond Lay things before the Lord where you know you have been unfaithful or you've been unwilling to step out in faith. Maybe where you feel you've got a hard heart, unconfessed sin. Lay that before the Lord in the next couple of moments.